You can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the Green Dragon. Welcome to The Green Dragon Presents There and Back Again, a journey book by Games Workshop and Adam Droke. I'm Jeremy, and with me is Kylie. Hey. And we are the only two Green Dragon podcast hosts who have the copy of this book in front of us, and we are so excited. And we're the only ones, that, to our knowledge, that have actually read the book. That's right. Now, we are a bit slow on the uptake here. There was a bit of a, an issue where our book didn't turn up to the store, and we're very sad. So this is our second attempt at this. Yes, unfortunately, Australia is very, 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 very far away from the rest of the world, so we had to wait an extra week or two. Yeah, and I think there was some confusion. But anyway, we're going to go through, and we're going to do this not in a sequential order. We're going to give our thoughts on the progression of the story. We're going to drop our profiles and, and our comments on that every once in a while. We will spoil some rules here, so if you don't want to know about the book, please turn off now, and, and once you've read the book, go through. We're going to spoil a lot. We're not going to give you all the rules either, so you still have to buy the book, and we want you to because it's a really good publication, but we will go through, we'll give our thoughts on it, and maybe give us some feedback on this. Contact us at the Green Dragon Facebook page or the Green Dragon Podcast at gmail.com and let us know what you think because we'll happily do a follow-up episode or two. Most definitely. So here we go. We're going to start with the replacement for the Desolation of Smaug scenarios from the old Desolation of Smaug source book. So we start off with Flies and Spiders. Part one. Part one. It's also got a little subtitle, The Unseen Hero. So this is based on almost the same scenario we had with Bilbo fighting against six Merkel spiders trying to rescue dwarves. Yes, but he, for some reason, can actually fight the Merkel spiders this time around. He certainly can. Well, he could fight them before. He, he could fight them could. before, but I think this iteration is just nice little tweaks in the right spot. Yeah, basically, this is, this is potentially a long scenario. We've done a whole episode on it before, so we won't go into too, too much depth. But what I actually notice is, it being the first scenario, we've lost the the solo Bayon scenario. That yes. one's gone. Because that was never in the movie. I think that was probably got cut out right away, Bayon being tortured. So that's totally gone. We've got Flies and Spiders. This one's playable. Six Merkle Spiders. By now, you've probably got that in your collection quite easily. So, <laughs> so go for it. Excited to play this one. Didn't see a huge amount of difference in this. There's some rules tweaked. There's some things cleaned up. But we're looking forward to play it. And we will give in-depth comments when we do play it again. Yeah, most definitely. So that one, not a huge amount to say about that. Anything else to say about that one, Kylie, just yet? Well, I do. You do. The Merkwood spiders are redonkulous. Do you want now. to talk about them? Let's talk yes. about the Merkwood okay. spiders now. So okay. I first need, I need to feel like I need to like put a bit of background history in here. So Tienan, who's an old member of the cast, uh, who's not on as much anymore. Still a member of the cast and he's not that old. Come on. Okay. Anyway, I was toying with Tienan about the idea of having an army, competitive army list with Merkwood spiders in them. And we actually tried an army list that had six Merkwood spiders and a whole crap load of prowlers. And the whole idea of the list was you paralyze them and then you kill them with the prowler backstab a two-handed weapon. And it was like really lethal. And we tried it in the game and it was actually surprisingly good. Oh, the prowlers are really good, yes. Yeah. So the Merkwood spiders um, in the previous iteration were pretty good. Yeah, they're okay. Now they're really good. Now they're better. So in the old iteration... Uh, let me just quickly flick to their profile. In the old iteration, there was a couple weaknesses about them. One, they weren't as good at moving as other spiders. 
No. So they, they had trouble. I think they could go through woods, but nothing else. They could else. go through woods, and I think they were actually slower. Like, they'll move eight. They'll move eight. Yep. So yeah. they weren't... And they're on a massive base, so that can be annoying. They got caught up things, hmm. and they had a they had a ranged attack, which was okay, but it was basically a shooting attack. So yeah, you either stayed back and shot, which was a good attack. It could potentially paralyze, or you ran into combat. You couldn't really do both. Hmm. So what it tended to be was like a couple spiders would run into combat, and the others would try and paralyze into combat, but it would always hit the spiders. Yes, but now that is no more. No more. So they now have movement 10, the traditional spider special movement special rule. So they can go through everything. Amazing. They can just run over everything. They have Terra now, which is like an awesome little buff. It means you can actually keep them on the flank and and have some defense there because they used to be so easy to pick off. But the best bit about it was their spider web special rule. They now count as throwing weapons. And have a range of eight. Eight-inch throwing weapons. So you can actually stay out of someone's charge range and be lobbing webs at them. It is very frightening. And just to put a little bit of rubbing salt into the wound, they they got a buff to their points. So they're now 20 points instead of 25. A buff to their points. They, they got reducing costs. They yes. were, so they that's were, a buff. They were definitely too expensive before. Now I look at them and think, they're actually going to show up in my list. They're going to show up, definitely. They're very... Very economical. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like it. Because you compare them point for point to the old spiders. The old spiders don't have Terra, but with Drizag, they can get the reroll yes. everything. So kind of kind of evens out a bit there. And the old spiders also do have a much higher fight value, which is really, useful. really good. Useful. Yeah. The, the, they're playable. You look at them and you go, I could take these guys. That's exactly what we want. That's all we want. Yes. Just, just to be legitimate choices. There's no longer a gimme choice that it's just take giant spiders. Why would you take the Merkle spiders except that they're very pretty? Yes. I would actually now consider a mixture of both of them. Oh, absolutely. And the the beast army becomes even more useful now. It looks, oh, looks oh, good. Oh, we're not even at the, I know, I know. the half Calm end down. of the beast Calm army. Down. So part two. So these scenarios, the main changes have been to the spiders themselves. Yeah. The next one is where you have 18 spiders against Thorin's company and Legless Tariel and the Merkwood. Uh, ranges so it actually looks exactly the same initially Hmm. it looks like the same scenario and i really enjoy this scenario but the problem i had with this scenario before was that you're so relying on spawning spiders out of forest on a roll of a six that's how you used to get it that's how you used to get it now you don't no you don't now it's fixed now three plus they've been slain they pop up back so much better so it now actually becomes a war of attrition yeah the spiders before the spiders had one initial charge they had to do serious damage then and then Halfway through the game, they did nothing. Yeah. Now they can sustain that. So the the good player has to be a lot more careful with their models. What I also like about it is that you only have to buy 18 spiders. Now, I say only 18 spiders because that will cost you like... uh, Arm and a leg. Yeah, it costs you your rent payment for for the month or whatever. But but before, you actually have to have more because you could potentially spawn more than 18, which Mm. is why I've got 20. But (laughs) it's it's better now because it's capped. So that's... That's a really nice touch. I know that these scenarios are going to cost a fortune to play. We recommend get a club together, get a group together, yeah. combine them. They're worth playing. Proxy some of them if you have to, whatever. But join your forces together. I liked this scenario before. I think I'm going to like it now. Mm, it'll be interesting to play it with the new changes. Yeah. So there's probably some more changes as well. This is our first impression. So we will guarantee we'll go into more depth for these scenarios. We'll play through them. But we can't talk too much about that except what we what's different. Now we move on to what everyone knows is a green dragon favorite. Barrels out of bond. Barrels out of bond. I think we've talked about this scenario more than any other scenario in the whole game. It was uh, 
the fact that we put it up there with the scouring of the Shire scenarios uh, is a good indication of how good we think this scenario is. Now, straight away, I look at this scenario. I always look at the participants first. That's how, I don't know about you, Kylie, but I always look at the participants because I go, do I have these models? First thing I saw was a change that I really, really like. Bulk. Bulk. The movie version, not Azog anymore. We actually played Bulk in it most of the times in our scenario. Mm, we, we, just, we just straight swapped about, but it's official now. Bulk's in it. It matches the scenario. And the board's changed. Yes. It's now a, um, well, the first, no, it's the same, isn't it? Six by four. Was same size board, different look. Oh yeah, sorry. The layout. I'm trying to trying to pick up you and your vibe. What you meant by that? But uh, there's actually a gatehouse now, like a big, real big gatehouse with a lever and stuff, and you have to get up there with the elves and stuff, or maybe even possibly a dwarf. And yeah, put it this way, I'm gonna have to modify my board. Yes, but I'm okay with that because I got so much use out of the old scenario. Maybe I'll put something on top of it to make it to convert between the two. I mm. probably would just change it straight out. I, I can't see myself playing the old one now that we've got the revised version of it. I played that to death. So That's I true. To, I have to change the board a bit. You've got added objectives with the lever. You do. You have to pull the lever to get everyone out. Yeah. So a lot more cinematic there. The only issue with the old one I had was that the game was over essentially halfway through the board. This one potentially would go for longer. It might yeah. not. But Well, considering that the objective point is at the very end of the table. So you're using the full 72 inches of it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, also, you've got slightly different good participants here. You've got the Palace Guard playing in this scenario as well. Yes. So, if I remember correctly, it used to be like 20 Merkwood Rangers. And yeah, not 20 Merkwood Rangers, Tariel and Legolas. Yeah, so, now, different participants should be really fun to play. I, I can't see this scenario becoming any worse. Like, mm. I don't, don't believe that they could make it. It was such a good scenario, so much fun, and I'm really looking forward to playing this. We should talk about Bolg's profile, and probably Bolg only at this point, because Bolg's in the scenario. He's had a ch little bit of changes as he well. He has had a slight tweak, um, a good tweak, not a bad tweak. But he now can take, uh, has access to a bow, which, which is, is really cool. Which is what we saw in the movie. That's the first time we see him in the movie, he comes out and he starts firing a bow. So... I'm glad we can do that. I really hope we get a model for it. That would be really nice to get him firing the bow. Mm. The other interesting thing about Bog now is they opened up, GW opened up their little time machine and decided, let's go all the way back to the return of, no, further. Let's go all the way back to the Fellowship of the Ring rule book, way back in the early 90s. Fellowship early 90s? of the Ring? No, late no, 90s. it wasn't the early late, 90s. Late 90s. No, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't even that. It was the early, early 2000s? 2000s? Yes. There we go. Yes. Let's power up our time machine to the early 2000s, so close to 15 years ago, and uh, dip into our box of tricks and pull out the Morgul blade, slap it on a bow, and there you go. Morgul arrows. Morgul arrows do exactly the same thing as the old Morgul blade does. So whenever a model is, is wounded by the attack, they keep taking wounds on the roll of a one at the start of every turn. It's such... A good reason to take the bow for Bolg and just have him shooting at a hero early on in the game, get the hit on it, and then just ignore them for the rest of the game. Especially since he has plus one to his shoot value now too. Oh yeah, he can, because he can if put you some take, range threat. If you take him as part of a hunter rock force, you get the plus one bonus to their shoot value if you take pure hunter rocks. So. Yeah, absolutely. Now I think his points have changed as well offhand. I'm not entirely yes, sure what they have. They have. They've gone down, I think. Have they? Maybe. I can't remember the old points, but he's there's definitely some yeah, changes down. there. We, we, we're not going to get them all in our first read, of course, but excited that Bolg in this scenario has a, 
a potentially a bow to start wounding the dwarf mm. barrel riders. That's actually going to be really scary. It really, really, really is, especially since those barrel riders keep going down the river and could keep taking multiple wounds over the course of the game. Well, with, with Bolg and Nazug in the force, you've got some serious bow fire there taking out the barrel riders. Mm. So I've probably told you a story, Kylie, where I managed to shoot down Dwalin and a bunch of, with just a handful of hunter orcs. I vaguely remember hearing this. I've on told that everyone the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've told everyone the story. I love this story. I don't think there's anyone that doesn't know that story by now. This story, the long, the short story, is that the hunter orcs, like four of them, shot down Dwalin. It was amazing. It was amazing. I loved it. So much fun. I'm never going to forget that. Then we had. Barrels Out of Bond Part 2 Down the Forest River And this one Once again Is on the Forest River But there's no castle This time No lever So I'm going to have to Make that detachable For my board This one looks similar To my board But the river looks Narrower in the picture I'm not sure about that I'll have to read up If it's actually necessary To make the river Narrow I think it's just A simple copy and paste error Or a Continuation of the Graphic error or, or something Along those lines Yeah it's probably worth Playing with my old river And just seeing if it Actually makes a difference It might not It may not Mind you Your old river was quite It was really wide Huge Yeah so maybe I just extend the sand A bit Who knows Wouldn't be hard to do No it wouldn't This time we have Very similar participants So it looks like The other scenario And it, basically The, the forest river's Opened up And they're going to Keep going So no, this is different. So in the previous iteration of the rules, or the previous iteration of this scenario, you had Killy as the focal point, and then you're basically fighting over Killy. Yes. But in this one, the dwarves are just kind of like a secondary objective, kind of, kind of floating down the river. And the good side need to kill an evil hero and then capture him alive and kind of drag him off the board. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. In- yeah, it's it's, it's very from like different. a tertiary against. It seems more of a swirling melee with the dwarves as a secondary objective. If you want to go force that hand, yeah, I can't wait to play these out because they, for first glance, they look very similar. They have got the same map basically. One's got a lever, one doesn't. Same participants. Mm. So you look at how it's set up. I have a feeling there'll be some real subtle differences that we've missed now. I'm just glad we've got two proper ones. The old one, the old part two, was basically just a, a points match fight in yeah. the like next to the river. It was. It was a fun game, but it wasn't particularly interesting. We didn't play it a huge amount because compared to the first one anyway. So I'm hoping this second one is just as fun as the first one. And I love I think that it's going to be more entertaining because there's more victory conditions in yeah. these ones. And I love that you get to use your barrel models again. So yes. you've got two, two scenarios for those wonderful barrel models. Let's move on. I think now is a good time to talk about some changes to the old Tharendal's Halls list because uh, there's been quite a few of them. And we get to use the Palace Guard models here. Mm-hmm. This is an army that, that I've played through tournaments before and really enjoyed playing it. So I was very excited to see some of the changes that they've made. Yeah, I think the first one that I noticed was um, Tariel's profile has now been standardized. So there's no Tariel Merkwood Exile and there's no regular Tariel. So the regular Tariel now is basically a combination of those two profiles. She's 85 points. Same as before, except she now has the option for a bow. And the Ventral Fury for Killy is in her built into her profile. Absolutely. So you've got one profile for the model, which is great because there used to be like arguments over, is that model usable for this one? That yeah. model's this. There's none of that issue anymore. It's just a Tarial profile, which is fantastic. So I'm very happy about that. I'm actually one of the few people that like the one where her dress is going up. She's trying to hold it down. So that that's the 
the resin model. I quite like that, but I also like the other one as well. So that's good. Uh, Legolas doesn't have the, the Megalist profile. Yes, Megalist has gone down into the annuals of history along with Uber Faramir and yeah, it's a the sad likes day of many, for many, many other great, great profiles. Power gamers like say. myself who have played in the tournament. Andrew It'll... Coleman will be very, very sad. Yeah, maybe you have to learn some other tactics. Who knows? I, I'm so glad it's gone, really. It was yeah. silly. It was silly. It what was we're a... talking about is three attack Legolas. Yes. Three attack Legolas with the fight symbol was very stupid, but now he's a bit more standardized. And they actually nerfed him a little bit. They put him up to 95 points now. Which from up from ninety, and I have a feeling that's going to be eventually carried over into the Lord of the Rings profiles as well. Yeah. However, he does have access to Orcarist. Absolutely, he's still powerful. He's still legless, but it means he's not soloing whole armies by himself now. Yeah. So you've got to be a little bit careful with him. He's not going toe to toe with Azog and Bolg and those sort of guys in without a bit of support. He's hmm. he actually has to to fight his own way. So I really don't mind this. I think it's a good change, and I think it's. When you see a legless, you don't expect it to be a fight seven three attack model. So this is no, good. The other interesting change is the well, it's a very, not an interesting change actually. I like completely there, but a very small change is to the palace guard captain. No longer has the option for a spear. You're right. I'm glad you changed that. That's not very interesting at all. No. Um, poor people who converted that, you're gonna have to chop it back off or counter the blade. Yeah, unfortunately. Have they changed the ranger captain? The ranger captain. Oh, oh, no. No, no change no. to the Ranger Captain. He was solid, but he, he got overshadowed by Tariel in the past. So yes. I don't know that we'll still see him a huge amount. He's very takeable, very usable. He's just... He's one of those characters that you take when you've no longer got a Legolas and a Tariel. You've run out take. of named characters, yeah. yeah. That's very true. But the troops, specifically we're talking about the Mirkwood Rangers and the Palace Guard. There's been some minor tweaks. Now, firstly, I don't see anything changing with the Mirkwood Rangers. They look, they look exactly the same to me. Yeah. Which is good. They were they were good. They basically for people who are fighting against them, the way you beat them is to fight them one on one. Yes. So I've heard Do people, not fight them in multiple combats. Do not, do not, do not, do not. Wherever you can, get a single model with a spear supporting to them. That's your that's your best bet. Do not engage them with anyone else. They get so hard to kill. Uh, I've heard people say they're overpowered. I don't believe they are. I just think you have to be very clever that you don't go and just throw five models into them because they they'll mm. win the fight then. Like a lot of the elf armies, they prefer multiple combats. You either want one elf fighting lots of dudes or lots of elves fighting one dude. Yeah, one-on-one -on -one against elves is usually a good tactic, full stop. Just, yeah. It just helps helps you out. The palace guard, though, first thing I saw was their points cost looks much better. Yes, it does. They're not stupid points anymore. They used to be good, but you paid a premium for it. So yeah. the problem was you can only to be To be fair, that premium was... Well, justified. I mean, bodyguard and plus one fight was fairly good, especially for elves. But they still have that. They still have that. So a bit more bang for your buck now. They're, they're kind of like fountain court guard level now. I feel like you can really take a whole warband of them, whereas I think before the optimal was to take six of them or yeah. seven of them. Now I can see myself taking a full box of them, which is, mm. I think that's a little bit better. That's what we want. It means you basically get an extra up. Extra palace guard now when you take a full box. Yeah. And look, by the time you put the spear and the shield on them, they're the same price as the Merkled Ranger anyway. So it's not like they're cheap. They're still, no. still going to be 14 points fully equipped, but they're not hitting that 16-point mark that was, was really nasty, actually, yeah. for, for those models. They were good before. But let's put it that way. For those kind of points, you're looking at Berserkers. 
and yeah, that that's right. Some of the it's, real heavy cav. Yeah, so I'm happy with that. That's that's the changes we'll talk about for now because the others show up later. Mm-hmm. But I'm those changes. A lot of them stayed the same. A lot of them basically Legolas went down a bit. Taro became a bit more flexible. Yeah, Legolas actually just as a whole got nerfed, but. Legless is legless. You're never going to take him out of the, the game, no matter what you do to his profile. You can bump it up to 110 points, 130 points for his exact same profile, and people will still take He's him. He's still the king of shooting. He's still got access to the horse. He's still got access to Urquhart. He cannot be a bad model of those options. No, he cannot. No, he's still fantastic. He's just not auto-choice. You put him in every army. So I'm happy with that. Then we move on to our next scenario, which I'm really excited about because we haven't played this scenario. We haven't seen this scenario These before. next two scenarios, I am super, super, super know, excited to play. Lake Town Chase. First of all, I looked at the picture of the board because this is what I do. It's a four by four board with actual Lake Town's terrain. Lots of boardwalks, lots of buildings on the lake, huge amount of water. Like we look at this and 80% of the board's water. It's going to be little gangplanks. I'm definitely going to do some of the Goblin Town terrain up as gangplanks and things like that. I'm going to have to source some other houses to add into the Games Workshop fantastic house because I want some variation. Mm. But so I saw that picture. I thought, this is amazing. There's going to be lots of models on this board. It's going to be great. And then I looked at participants and there was a handful of models. And then I looked close at the participants and I got so excited. Kylie, tell me why I'm so excited. You are so excited because there are new Lake Town stuff. There is new Lake Town there stuff. There is heaps of new Lake Town stuff. Straight away, we're getting the story straight from the movie. This time we've got Bard and his son, Bane, Bane against the, the master, master of Lake Town. Alfred the Counselor. Braga the Captain of the Guard. And Oop. already I got, I got, I got giddy. I, I started giggling like a little schoolgirl when I started seeing this. Le- 12 Lake Town Guard. So you've got the Lake Town Guard chasing down Bard. These kind of scenarios are so cinematic and this is this is part of the reason I play scenarios. You get these fantastic ones. So I'm looking at this and straight out, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be enjoyable. It's going to be a fun one too, especially with all the water and all the other fun stuff on this board. It's going to be chaotic hey, and awesome. Guess what rules back, Kylie? Hmm? Guess what rules back? Sentry. Oh, holy crap. There is two. Yep. Wow, this is like a blast from the past. Is it exactly... The, oh, it is. It's exactly the yeah, same as the old... Yeah, Sentry. Adam Troke, I am in love with you right now. Holy cow, that is awesome. Um, Sorry, check my, out my the inner icy fan water girl scenarios. just like came out then. Icy Waters. Read the Icy Waters rule. I'll give you the time to do it. I'll talk to the, our audience while we do this because Kylie's where, about where to is, Oh, there it is. One of the last special rules. So keep in mind we're fa- playing over a lake. We've got boardwalks. The boardwalks are all very thin. Watch out. There's water. It's slippery. There's a bit of moss. What happens, I love Riley? it. I love it when a board tries to kill you. That is so awesome. So whenever you end your move on a piece of ice, you must roll a d6. On the roll of a one, the model loses its footing and falls into the lake. Any model that falls into the lake is removed as a casualty. So the reason you do this is you've got these thin boardwalks where you might be able to hold them up with a single model. Now, let's say you're the Lake Town Guard and you really want to get to Bane. You want to avoid Bard. There's a shortcut. I could jump on this piece of ice. Then I could jump on the boardwalk and I'm all good. I'll jump on the ice. Whoa! Slips over. Straight into the water. Oh, no. So it gives you that extra movement, but it's at a huge risk. So not only do you do the jump test, you do the ice test as well. Mm, that is, that's really cool. I love that cinematic and that mechanic. Yeah, this is the kind of scenario that I look at and I have a feeling it's going to become one of my favourites later on. 
And I'm just, I need to point this out because this is such a great piece of writing in, in this book. In the bottom left-hand corner, Trey Kinney's friends have left us a little nice, nice little note. This is a great scenario, so take your time with it. We recommend sitting down and enjoying it with a nice cup of tea, immersing yourselves in a tactical game of espionage. This, that little quote in the corner has told me, tells me that Troke has playtested this dozens of times. Yeah. And this is probably, I reckon, his, one of his favorite scenarios in the book, if he has gone to that effort to put that designer's note in there. Yeah, I think, obviously, there's going to be a time limit on how to playtest the scenarios. So you look at something like this with a very small model count on a very specific board with lots of specific rules, and you think, yeah, this is the scenario that they've gone over quite a few times. I love the objectives of going and finding the Black Arrow. It's just really cool. It's so cinematic. It's so story-driven, and I can't wait to play this. I have a feeling this is going to be something like an open-day demonstration-type scenario because mm. I think people are going to have a lot of fun with it. It's going to be it's going to be good. And the nice thing is I've got all the models except for Bane, so just have to make up a Bane model. I can't wait for Bane and... Get the board. And the rest of the models because when where there's Bane, his sisters are not too far behind, and the next scenario, Assassins in the Night, looks just as cinematic. Yeah. The fact that the... That the this scenario takes place on a twelve by twelve board. Um, now I this mean is twelve inches, inches yeah, so twelve inches foot. by twelve inches board. So and if you're in the rest of the world, thirty centimeters by thirty centimeters approximately. Yes, and the scenario and the layout looks amazing, and the fact that you get um, Sigrid and Tilda. Yep, yep, that's Bard's, awesome. Bard's daughters. You get the dwarves that hung around in Lake Town. So you've got. Philly, you've got Killy, you've got Bofor, and you've got Owen, which are ones that I took in my Lake Town army when I did mm. that. And I love playing with those four together. They were great fun. And you've got, of course, Legless and Tariel. And you've got against Fimble and a bunch of Hunter Orcs on a tiny board. It's fantastic. It's exactly the scene in the movie. Love yeah, it. and I love the fact that models are swinging through the windows or jump down onto the veranda when they enter play. I think that is such a cool little, like mechanic for the game i think it's absolutely adorable and i think i might actually end up making this house yeah no, i think i think we should i think this is one that we probably should do early on in our, yeah. our making um i've got getting some villages to proxy in for sigrid and tilda until they come out is going to be easy like i've got some village i know you've got some village yeah I, I could put something together for that and i think i say this is one that we play sooner rather than later because i'm really looking forward to it i agree yes so before we move on to the next ones, I think we should talk about some of the new Lake Town heroes because we've just talked about a whole bunch. We've talked about Braga, we've talked about Sigrid, we've talked about Tilda. So what do these heroes do to our, our Lake Town army, which was a fantastic army beforehand. Let's, let's admit it. it was, it's wonderful. Lake Town's great. So they've decided that, you know what, Lake Town wasn't good enough. So we're going to give them all the things, all the things forever. Everything you can think of, they've been given. I think you're putting words in the mouth. <laughs> Lake Town was fine already, but you've got more options in Heroes now, basically. Yeah. We'll first start with Bard. So Bard the Bowman has now been standardized. His profile, he only has one profile now that replaces the others. Good. And I was a little disappointed when I read it. And I kind of went, all right, all right. I get why they've done it. So he has the options for a horse, armor, wind lance, and the great bow still, but he can no longer use his black arrow on the great bow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not the option for the great bow. Great bow is no, built no. in. No, no. Great bow is built in. Yeah, he's Sorry, got the great bow. That's what I mean. He's got the but great bow. He can't use the black arrow 
with the great bow anymore. It can only be used on the Windlance. Well, that that brings him down quite a bit, but he's still still good. However, that is offset by the fact that the savior of Lake Town Special is built into his profile now, which means that you don't have to take overpowered combat bard. You still got shooty bard with combat bard, and still have that awesome Imrahil. Special rule. Yeah, no, no. He's he's definitely a better tactical option at the moment now. He's not as powerful. And one thing that you can't do with him anymore, I used to use him with, with Alfred and try to build his might up above its starting level to get all the might in the world so you could set up that b- black arrow attack and kill a fell beast or something ridiculously big. Mm. Now, because of the next character, Alfred, you got some problems with that. You can't do that anymore. Alfred's no. rule, one, you can only ever get one might from it per will. Yes. No more D three. So no more. No more getting six extra will on Bard. Damn. Okay, I'm happy with that. I think that's fair. That's fair. But even better. Only late town heroes. Only late town heroes can benefit from the special rule. So Bard is the obvious number one choice. But as you'll find out there's later, some ones. there's some other you know fairly worthwhile choices to do that. So you can still do that, but it's to to bring it up to to might that you've already spent. So that's really good. It means you can't use those silly zero might heroes to have a free go at it. Yeah. Y- you can't. Go and put him with the army of the dead or anything like that. It's just and like let's be honest, that that was a rule that we knew was coming from a very long, long way away. I hated seeing Alfred allied in every single good army. It was just silly. It was just, it was such an easy choice because it was such good value. And, and you could do it at the start of the game, so there was no counterplay options there either. Yeah, no, it was just it was just an obvious choice, and and I'm glad it's not an obvious choice. I sort of don't feel sorry for the people who now have an Alfred model and no other late town models because that's the start of your late town army. Yeah. Go buy the rest of them. But there's also other heroes as well. So let's talk about Bane, who's a new Bane, hero. Bane, I think, is a really cool utility hero that can kind of just sit at the back as a kind of like a backup. And he's got this really cool daisy chain effect with Bard where he can increase the stand fast range of Bard into other models. He increases Bard's courage. Yeah. He gets plus one bonus. No, so he increases his courage. Sorry. Yes, whilst Bane, son of Bard, is within six inches of Bard, the bowman, yes. he gains a plus one bonus to his courage. So he goes from courage four to courage five, and his might is one, three, two. So he's got three very, will. Very so he's your reliable courage test pastor, basically. Yeah, and he's not too shabby. He's fight three, strength three, defense four, and he gets all the bonuses and stuff from Bard and the other models too. So it makes him a nice utility hero with two wins. He's the closest thing you have for basically the role of something like a shaman or a, yeah. a, any of those sort of guys. He's He's... Cheap, he's affordable, he's fun from the story point of view. He's probably not the first choice hero you throw in if you're going to go for the most powerful list you can, but I think he's pretty useful. Oh, he becomes extraordinarily useful when you look at his sisters. That's right. Now you take it. If you're going to take take the family, take the family. <laughs> you are taking the family. And for 210 points, I think this is a really nice kit of special rules to get out of it. And I'm looking forward to playing this. Yeah. I- Kyle's talking about just taking the, the four models all together with that. Sigrid and Tilda come as a pair. They're independent heroes. You can only take them if you took Bane or Bard. So straight away, you've got some limitations there. Their profile's nothing to write home about. Pretty rubbish. No, fight two for Tilda. Fight. Yeah. Sorry, no, fight two rubbish. for Sigrid. Fight one for Tilda. They get the bonuses from um, the, all the other models and stuff, but it's nothing too put it, fancy. Put it this way. A fight between Fatty Bolger and one of these girls would be pretty close. 
Yes. Although I think the girls have a slight edge because they have two fake Two fake. Two fake. They're both unarmed. They're both... Like, these are not fighters. No. If they're in but, combat, they're in trouble. But they are amazing utility. I want you to all listen to this special. Okay, listen. Bard the Bowman and Bane Son of Bard would please receive a bonus of plus one to their fight value if they are within six inches of either Sigrid or Tilda. If Bard the Bowman or Bane Son of Bard are within six inches of both Sigrid and Tilda, then Bard and or Bane receive the bonus of plus one to their fight value and may call a heroic combat each turn without expending a point of mind. Amazing. Now, if you don't know how important fight is, it it's, could be the most important stat in the game. It is it is just magical. Getting the higher fight is so important. But then heroic combats each combat heroic combats. combats. Now I need to put this in perspective. That makes Bard fight six, and if you set it up right, Bane fight five. Yep, yep, yep. So you start looking at putting some of the captains in that same combat, and you've got just some amazing effects there and that's not even all their rules though they've, they've even got more than that something to fight for something to fight for so if any of you are familiar with the elven twins aladan and elrahil if sigrid or tilda heaven forbid are removed from the game as a casualty bard goes berserk bard he gets goes pissed, off. pissed he's pissed he's getting revenge on them so if someone someone manages to kill one of his daughters he spends the rest of the game chasing them until they're dead yes so that that really puts bard out of control so you if you're taking these models which Honestly, if you're taking a pure Lake Town force, you're taking for theme, you're taking for effect. They're, they're just an auto-include oh, it's, almost. It's, there's so much. What I love about these special rules is there's play and counterplay in both. Yes. In, um, within the aspects of the special rules. So you get lots of good bonuses, but there's also negatives that you have to play around. And your opponent can abuse that if they're clever or they can, you know. They're potential game winners, yeah. but they're also potential game losers. Yes. So I really like that double-edged sword for 30 points for the two of them. They're very affordable, but oh, they, they could lose your game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. This one I was a little bit disappointed. We move on to the Master of Lake Town. And the Master was probably, in my opinion, the least appealing Lake Town hero before because he has this special rule with his might where he can up up captains of the guard, up the guard's fight value for by one. And I never found that was enough. I always wanted to up it by two. I always wanted to do the combination of use two might, up them by two, get to fight five, and then get Alfred to have a go at replenishing his might a bit. He can't do that. It's only one point. And he's unarmed. So he's not a fighter. He doesn't have that good courage. He's, he's, a, he's a bit pricey. But, but... The money bags rule has changed a bit and it includes Bragger, the captain of the guard, who's a new hero. And I think this change makes him appealing a lot more than he was. Yes, because Bragger is what makes the Master of Lake Town worth taking. So as long as the Master of Lake Town has will points remaining, if Bragger calls a heroic action with his six inches of the Master of Lake Town, roll a d6. On the roll of a four plus, the heroic action is free and no points of might are spent. That is a fantastic combo. Yeah, it's 100 points, but as a core for a late Oh, no, army. no, no. It's not 100 points. It's 120 points because Alfred's following these two around <laughs> as well. <laughs> That's true. I will give you that. So what's happening here is is this, this is a, a fair bit, but Bragg is doing all the calling. He's near the master. So it, it, master's got will. So you haven't let master have sap will or anything like that. So he's getting a four plus chance of getting that back. If he does fail that, Alfred spends his point of will and puts the might back on. 
So potentially you get your mic going a lot further than it could. So this is the person that calls you heroic marches, who calls you heroic moves. Yeah. Maybe even heroic combat here and there. Who knows? It's definitely a very good thing. And he goes up to fight five with the boost from the Master of Laytown. So it's nothing to sniff out. Oh, Bragg is a solid profile. Yeah. Like- and he also has another special rule too, which I totally forgot about. It's a bit of a negative one, this one. It's the air of self-importance. Um, he will not accept heroic actions by Bard, Bane, or Sigrid or Tilda. Yeah, so that's why I think that the Master, Alfred, and, and Bragger are essentially a team. So they're going yeah. together, and then you have the other family members as the other team. So you're setting these up. Alfred could go to either way and provide counsel, but I feel like this is a pretty good way of, of basing your army, having these two f- families of heroes and then a bunch of the Lake Town militia with them and the Lake Town Guard, I guess. Mm, yeah, no, I totally, totally agree. And look, one thing I love about Bragger, straight out, Three might on a late town hero. Can't three, go wrong. three might on any hero is 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 a good good yeah store of stat. Yes. Now there's another hero that I'm very interested in at the moment. Percy. Percy. So if you remember from the movie, Percy is the one where Gandalf says, "Put some archers in those tower," and Percy kind of responds with, "We don't have any archers left." So the best thing about this is we're going to the old school way of saying, well, they had one line in the movie, therefore they must have their own profile. I love it. I love it. This is this is the the middle of the Eat your heart out, Gamrod and Madrell. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this guy was on screen. He's in the credits, therefore he has a profile. Yeah, so Percy and Late Town Militia within six inches of Percy may reroll ones to hit when making shooting attacks with a bow, which is pretty freaking good. Comes in at 50 points. He gets all the stat boosts from um, Bard. He's got a shoot value of three. He's got three mites on that as well. Captain profile, fight three. He's, yeah. he's a solid choice, especially when you've got all that synergy going with the uh, Lake Town. If you want to take archers, which in a Lake Town force, you do. You do. You do. You he's, can get a lot of archers. He's your hero that's leading the archers straight out. But it's interesting because oftentimes I've played where your archers get all split up, but I found in my Lake Town forces, my archers were often standing next to Bard. And making an archer wall. Like, this is the one army I play where all my archers are in one spot and they're just firing away and trying to build things down. Because the idea is the archers soften up a target and then Bard goes in with his might-powered attacks and tries to finish it off. Yeah. He used to do it with the, the Black Arrow. Now he can still do it with his, with his potentially three shots. Hmm. But now you've got your troops are better. So Bard's worse, but your archers are better. Oh, and not just your archers, but... um. Your regular Lake Town are better too, because there is another Lake Town uh, named character that they've brought in called Hilda, and Hilda is the answer to a lot of problems for the Lake Town. You think, oh, the Lake Town don't have have the ability to wound things? Ha <laughs> ha! Think again. Think again. So Hilda, by just a st- straight up, actually straight up looking at her, is pretty much a ranger of the North with one less fight strength and defense. <laughs> Get out your calculators and work out the stats for people out there writing For those the notes. playing at home, it's fight three, um, shoot four, strength three, defense three, one attack, two wounds, courage five, one, one, one for might, will, and fate. But her special rule is what sets Oh, well, well, before you get to spe- she's got a spear. Oh, sorry, she has a spear. She has a spear. But Hilda's special rule is stand by our men. During the fight phase, Hilda and late town militia within three inches of her gain plus one to wound if they charge that turn. So the, the negative so of this, Kylie's about to pass out. So the negative of this is you have to keep track of if you're charged. But the positive is 
your strength five. It's it's not yeah. It's not. It's better than strength five. It's not a plus to your strength. It's a plus one to wound, which is always better. It's just it's straight out guarantees to be better. It really helps you wound those big things. So mm. if you're going up against a troll or something like that. This is your lady. You get her in there. Get your your lake town militia with your axes, and away you go. So good. Yeah. So, so good. So all of a sudden, there's all these almost like which hero are you going to drop? I'll just take them all. No, just take them all. Just take you, them you all. Don't, you don't drop any of them. You just take all of them. Lake Town, as an army on its own, has now... It's it's playable. It's playable at big yeah. points now. And it's, because it's their troops are so cheap, and they really are that cheap, yeah, it just becomes it's just an amazingly coherent force. Yeah, it's really good. Now, there's also still the captains around, but I don't see any difference in those, so they, they can stay the same. They were good. Yes, but the regular troops have changed a bit. The regular troops? How yes. the regular troops changed? So the Lake Town Militia and the Lake Town Guard. So Lake Town Guard got um, nerfed a little bit. So they're now five points instead of four points. But, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. But the main one is the Lake Town Militia. They have a new special rule now that Lake Town Militia that are within six inches of a friendly hero from the survivors of Lake Town Army List who is in combat do not need to take tests their courage for being broken. Yeah. What was that? I didn't realize yeah. in the hood we're getting a resurrection. Yeah, that's... that's Power just... up that old time machine again. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I don't even know there were four points before the guard. I, I'm unsure about that. I thought that they were... I thought that was about the same. But anyway, we, we I'm won't... I'm 98% argue. sure that there were four points before. Okay, I'm 9% sure that they were five points before. <laughs> we're not going to look it up. Don't worry about that. I, they're both affordable troops, straight out. Yeah, six points apart for that is well and truly worth it, I think. My only issue is I look at these two profiles and yes, the fight three is helpful. Fight three, it, it is helpful. It is helpful if you're going to play the master's rule for the Lake Town Guard. But I feel like the Lake Town Guard are going to be the minority in your army. I think if you're taking competitive force, you're probably going to go mostly militia. You might put a couple Lake Town Guard with spears in your force. But other than that, the militia rule is just fantastic. So good. Yeah. And the, the militia's got a lot more choices because you can have a sword or an axe with them. So as a straight hand weapon instead of just a sword. So you've got variation there. You've also got the option for a shield. So the Lake Town Militia just seem solid. They seem so good. And they're really nice models. They're good models. They like really it. are. So we're excited about that. We talked for a long time about that. So let's go back and I think we should move on to the next scenario. What is, which is the next scenario? We are journeying to Dol Guldor. Oh, Dol Oh, these ones. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm ones. looking forward to this one. We can even hear you scratching your hands. That's how excited you are about it. So we have now, once again, my favorite kind of scenario, little small couple model scenarios. We've got Gandalf and Thrain the Broken. Thrain the Broken has made a scenario. Love it. Very happy about this. That was like one of your big things was every model in the game being in, in a single, at least one scenario. I want them in a scenario because you can tell their profiles are written for scenarios. People yeah. have came in mind. They've got an idea with it. And my, my guess, now I'm not a games designer. I'm not one of those fantastic individuals. But I'm pretty sure that when they design a profile, they're thinking about, okay, let's make a scenario with them. And they probably just don't have rooms in the publication. They probably get cut. There's probably some drafts. They probably run out of time. There's probably someone says, oh, no, we won't bother with that one as yet. But to see three in the broken, fantastic little model, one that I've put together and really haven't used before in a scenario. Hmm. Now, we wrote our own scenario with him, actually. Yes, we did, which we did. is actually eerily similar to this. It is a bit similar to this, but no, it's not the same. It's not like they've copied us. I doubt it. I doubt, no. I doubt anyone's listening to the Green Dragon out there. It's Maybe just... taking some inspiration. 
I, I think we took inspiration from the movie and I think this is taking inspiration from the movie. I think any any similarity is a pure coincidence. But we've got we've got on the evil side the necromancer of Dol Guldor. Already you know this is gonna be a fun scenario if the necromancer Azog, is the in defiler. That. You've got six hundred orcs and fell well and twelve hundred orcs, all against Gandalf and Thrain. This is one of those scenarios you look at and you go, No chance. No chance. No chance. You cannot do a good side. But you know, whenever you see this, there's going to be staggered entry. You know they're not going to all show up at the same time. It's a guarantee. And lo and behold, there is staggered entry and only Azog and four of the Hunter Rocks start on the table. Okay, so Gandalf's feeling okay about that. He can pin Azog. Thrain can go after a Hunter Rock a turn. Okay, that's not too bad. We can cope with that. As well as that, all the Hunter Rocks that start pinned at the start of the game, they all count as being under the transfix magical power. So it gives Gandalf an extra turn to sort of get some... Distance between him and Azog and the rest of the Yeah, models. absolutely. Absolutely. Because Gandalf wants to just run across the board in this one. He's just trying to get off the board. The problem with is Thrain's hard to control. Yeah, and that strength and will with magical power that Gandalf has is going to come in very handy in this scenario. Oh, yeah. Clever. Because you can alter that little dice roll yes. and you can force it into a double and really, really tinker with that dice mechanic. I did not even think about that, Kylie. That's very clever. I can't wait to play this now. I feel like the Necromancer coming on is is almost game over for the good side at this point. It's pretty hard to get him on, I believe. But he is so good. And he's he's got a bit of an improvement going as well in his profile, which we'll talk about in just a moment. So, Oh, yeah. So this is one of those really tense movie scenarios where... Gandalf's running, 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 and then hopefully the big bad guy doesn't show up. If you've got the Necromancer model and you're using him in the scenario, don't expect to get a lot of turns out of him. I'm no. pretty sure Even if, if comes you on, decide to sack Azog, which Azog you can do in this scenario, you can basically have Azog move off the table, wander off, and find the Necromancer, which makes it easier for you to get the Necromancer to yes. come on into play. Yeah, I still don't think... I think it's going to be pretty much a close run at that point. I could see Gandalf doing some marching at the start and doing all kinds of things to get moving and then just... Mm, and he's got this really cool mechanic where if he gets to the bridge at the very end, he can smash the bridge with his staff and create a chasm behind him. Yeah, nothing like smashing bridges of Gandalf. Looking forward to this one. It's so cool to see it appear in the book. Just love it. Now that takes us to the end of the scenarios from our very first section of the book, which is basically the desolation of Smaug. We're going to go, we're just going to look at, we talked about a few profiles, Three in the Broken and the Necromancer. So let's just quickly talk about the change to those profiles before we have a quick break. Yeah, so Three in the Broken is actually not broken anymore. Uh, his rules have been much more fleshed out and it spells out exactly what happens with, depending on what uh, you roll on the dice, which is always nice. Rules clarifications are always on point. Yeah, no, you've got to know we're, we're war gamers, so we take everything incredibly literally. So it was obvious before what the deal was, like, that if, if you failed it, you, you lost control of him. But now it actually spells out exactly what happens on every event. So you've got the full complete flow chart. You don't have to take a guess anywhere. So it's, it's the same with profile. It's obviously what was intended, but there's no ambiguity in there now, which is great because you don't want a model called Thrain the Broken to be unplayable. Yeah. I think we'll skip Azog just quickly and go straight to the Necromancer. Yeah, no, no I, I actually didn't want to talk about Azog just yet. He can he can stay in his little box for a while. Yeah. So the Necromancer is pretty freaking cool now. Um, they've given him curse. 
which is that fun little special uh, spell that reduces fate that was kind of sitting there. And that it actually works really well with his kit because he has drained soul. He can insta-kill someone um, and remove them from the table if they have no fate. And he now has a way of getting rid of fate, which is really, 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 really cool mechanic. He also has staff is broken, which is also quite annoying. So the pesky wizards that always seem to hold up to the necromancer suddenly aren't going to do as well of a job. And he also has this cool special rule now for Master of the Nazgul, which means he gives a plus one bonus to the Nazgul of Dogledore to their Unholy Resurrection bonus, which you will get to find out very, Yeah, very soon. we're going to keep that all secret from you. But needless to say, this model looks really fantastic, looks really tasty, and the improvements are just all there. They're, they're, they're no cost of the improvements. Yeah. So straight out better model, which is okay. Like he was he was a good model before, but he wasn't amazing. Now I think he's he's definitely definitely a good one to play with. I'm really hoping they make a new physical model for this one. Cause the I'm, old one's kind of meh. Yeah, it's okay. It's not too bad, but it's not my favorite model, and I can't wait to see what happens with a model for this. I'm pretty sure they will. I, I can't see with with the way that as a as a Middle Earth fanatics, we're buying the models. I can't see them not making us a Necromancer of Dol Guldor. So I can't wait for this. So these scenarios look fun. Now, if that was all that was in the book and it was sold as like, you know, the old half the price of a books there, we'd probably be okay with that. Mm. I would probably be okay with that. I would look and say, yeah, that's fair. Whatever it was, six scenarios, seven scenarios, some new profiles, a couple new armies, Lake Town and Mirkwood. I'm okay with that. But it's just a fraction of the book. We are a third of the way through, now, if that. We need to take a break because we've been talking for a long time about this. So we'll be back either in a new episode or at the next part of this episode, depending on how I edit this.
Now, after this, we start the Battle of Five Armies movie. But this has got two scenarios which are technically in the Battle of Five Armies, but they really feel like they should be in the Desolation of Smaug to me. I was always surprised that they kept these in the Battle of Five Armies. I would have at least expected one of these in the Desolation of Smaug, particularly yeah. the... um. Fall of the Necromancer. But before we do Fall of the Necromancer... We've got... We've got... we got fire. fire and Water. Now, this scenario was originally published in the Battle of Five Armies White Dwarf supplement. Yes. But it's one that I must admit I haven't actually played yet. No. We have not gotten around to playing that one yet. I, I, I've got some shame. One, my shame is I haven't built Lake Town. Two, my shame is I haven't built Smaug. I have built the good side for this. Originally, it was 36. Well, no, you've built Smaug. You just haven't painted Sorry, it. I haven't painted Smaug. Yeah. For me, it's the same thing. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. Initially, we had 36 Lake Town Guard in this scenario, and I actually have all 36 Lake Town Guard, which I was very happy with. I opened the scenario and looked and went, uh-oh. There's 24. 24. Oh, okay. But I've had some joy out of that. I actually had a really yeah. fun army with that, so I don't mind that. And they're nice models, so I'm happy with my 36. But 24 is probably a bit more obtainable for most people, especially after you just forked out your, your rent money for a smog. Mm. And all the Lake Town houses that you're going to put on this board. <laughs> it's a lot of Lake Town houses that they're asking you to put on. It's at least oh, close to two dozen. Now, in this scenario, firstly, we've got some of the new Lake Town heroes there. So we've got the we've got uh, Bane, we've got Sigrid, we've got Tilda added into the scenario, which is fantastic that they're in there as well. Also, Bragger. Yes. So we get our Lake Town all Lake Town all stars in the scenario. First special rule that I noticed a bit of a change too is that Smaug is so big, you could shoot him even if he's in combat. Yes, but you do so at a minus one penalty, yep. which stacks with other bonuses, but you can shoot him in combat, which you can doesn't shoot make him a difference. In combat. Fantastic. The other thing I noticed, no wind lance. No. However, Bard may fire the wind lance in quotation marks with his black arrow from his great bow once during the game. Yeah, so you get a one-shot wind lance with the black arrow. So that's fantastic. It's a good way of doing it. It suits the movie a lot more because clearly originally in the early script it was going to be the wind lance and then later on they decided to change it to being an improvised wind lance with, with hmm. Bane. And, on and, the, and, the the inter- and the interesting thing about that too is Bane's got the black arrow, Bard does not, and you have to basically get Bane to Bard to fire the black arrow. Yeah, that's cool. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, no, I really like it. This one feels like it's got more story to it. The other thing I noticed was that the with the dragons, Raph, you can't actually see the heroes on the boardwalks until you get within six inches of them because they count as wearing elven cloaks. Yes, so no, which makes a big difference to the scenario. No snipering off the characters from far away with your fireball. No, you actually have to get a bit more creative with your fireballs. You need to get in their face. So... This means that the, the good side has a lot more options than before. Mm, and I just noticed then that uh, Bane deploys on the western board edge and Bard's on the eastern board edge. So to get them together to give each other the, the stuff that they need uh, can be tricky. I noticed the board layout, it looks very similar to the other scenario. So my guess is that you're probably designing these scenarios to be interchangeable. If you yeah. can make one, you can make the other. You get a bit of a twofer with the board. So I am really looking forward to make this board. I have a good feeling how I'm going to do it, but I probably need to source some different sources of houses because I do like the Games Workshop one, but I think it's going to look a bit same if they're all the same size. Yeah, agreed. So I think I might need to be some be clever about that, but I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to playing this, and I will play this, and I will paint up my Smaug. It's going to be good. It's going to be so good. It's going to be a fun scenario once we get around to it. I am fire. 
Then the fall of the necromancer. So we get these two massive events in the universe initially, back to back scenarios. The fall of the necromancer. This one was originally in a white dwarf magazine. It was, and but it pales in comparison to its new and improved version. Pales in comparison. Yeah, this this has changed. First of all, the main changes in this scenario is that the changes to the Nazgul themselves. So I think we should actually mention that before we talk about the scenario because I think that's that is the key to this scenario is mm. the Nazgul of Dol Guldur are totally different. They are not totally. Nazgul as you know them. You thought you knew Nazgul, you don't no, know Nazgul. You don't know Nazgul. Naz- Nazgul know you is yeah. is what is what this is turning into. So what you've got is the Nazgul being basically seventy five point combat models. They are what the castles of Dolgador should have been. Absolutely, absolutely. So they've got each of them have got their own little special rule for usually movement, but sometimes about combat. Hmm. We won't go through all of them, but but for example, there's one that can swap positions, teleport out three inches. Oh, it's it's insane. So their stats are a fight five, two attacks, strength four, defense six, one wound, courage six, and a couple of might there as well. But as Jeremy said, they've all got these crazy specials. My favorite is the lingering shadow. Yeah, that's which our favorite. Like, they let you do this like cool little three inch teleport. And then there's this other cool one called the Abyssal Knight where you basically can have two of them, one, one on either side of the board. And then at one point in the game, you can basically suck one of them to the other and kind of just pull them sort of like Killian and Philly, which is really, really, really cool. Yeah, no, I can't wait to get these guys on the board. I can't wait to play these and I can't wait to get the models for them. But what I notice about them immediately is Defense 6 looks very killable, but then they've got a rule where they can come back oh, from the yeah. dead. Unholy Resurrection. So, if a model with this special rule is slain, place a marker where it was removed from the board. In so, the what next... you're going to do, you're going to get a little circle the size of the base. You're going to put his face on it, make a token of it, and have that every time you have these models. Because you have to know where they came from. Yeah. In the next priority phase, after priority has been rolled, roll a d6. On a 3+, plus, the model regains one wound and is placed anywhere within six inches of the marker, so long as it's not placed in base contact with an enemy model. Any might or will points that were spent remain spent. Whilst the marker is in play, the Nazgul count as on the board for all intents and purposes. If the roll is a one or a two, then the Nazgul has been banished, removed the marker and the Nazgul from play. Wounds caused by magical powers or elven blades inflict a minus one penalty to unholy resurrection. And remember... The Necromancer gives him a plus one. Yes. Yep. So he's got a plus one. Elves, like Elrond trying to hit them with an Elven Blade, will give them a negative one. So that will still make it a, a three plus. I have a feeling I'm going to roll a one every time for these guys. Oh, but you most certainly care. will roll a oh, one every time. But it's going to be so much fun. Just the excitement of it. It's interesting you get one shot at it. So potentially, one shot. potentially they could be killed over and over again. And you could keep coming back with that banishment roll. Mm-hmm. But you, you fail one of them, gone. Bye-bye. By. Still seems like seems like a fun model to put in there, and they add something different because the, the necromancer needs combat models. That's what he, he needs. Is. He doesn't need magic support. He's he is the magic support. support. Yeah. So it's it's a good synergy. I really like how they they play. They feel like they disappear. You kill them, and they might just appear straight back. They're actually a real combat threat. Whereas the the ring wraiths, you can almost laugh off with the one attack. <laughs> Having two attacks base with some extra combat abilities means that these guys are actually scary for heroes. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't want to go meet these guys in a dark alley. And such cool names. I'm going to say, go through some of the names. We've got the Dark Headsman, we've got the Forsaken, the Lingering Shadow, the Abyssal Knight, and the Slayer of Men. These are cool names. I like Much them. better than the Tainted or 
The betrayer. The Dwimmerlake was my favourite. No, look, the names were okay. They could have been so much worse. They could have been like Joe the Haradrim or something like that. But they did keep our old favourites, such as the Witch King and Kamal. So they're still a two. But they were in Tolkien's book. They have to keep those two. So. I'm looking forward to this. this is fantastic. I didn't actually expect new profiles for this. Totally blindsided me. No, I, I was expecting new profiles, but I wasn't expecting the sheer awesomeness that did come out of them. There's also another model in that scenario that we have forgotten to mention. Oh, what that I, I am to going mention? to mention now. The Keeper of the Dungeons. <gasps> How could I forget this guy? So, long, long ago, in the in the age of... The Little Hobbit, just coming out of its brand new case, we had a bulk model. The first, one of the first models I purchased, yes. actually. Love this model. The heavy metal bulk, the one with the red beard, and the it was a giant of a model. Fantastic model, which was actually one of the first models we saw. He was going to be the original bad guy in the, the movie. Yeah. So he got on the posters and this sort of stuff. And then he was in, like, the first scene of the movie. He was in the background of it, smashing dwarves in the, in the prequel near Azog. So this is a model we thought, yeah, this is going to be the main bad guy. And then to our shock, the second movie came and Bulg was totally different. Totally different. Didn't look anything like him. What happened to Heavy Metal Bulk? He was gone. But then we had a savior for in the third movie. There was, in the dungeons of Dol Guldur, a single orc. A master of the dungeons, as you will. Fighting away. And he has been resurrected as that profile. It has. It is such a good turn. And what I love about it is they've... they've subtly put references to his old profile and what the model used to be used for in the torture special rule, which is basically a mini bulk special rule. So when he gets kills, he gets extra special rules added to his profile, which I think is a really, really, really cute little hint back to what the model and the profile used to be. And I think that is such a subtle fan service, if you will. Nowhere near as powerful the old bulk ones. Like it's giving him re-rolls no. and things like that. But he's dirt cheap. 75 points for this model looks fantastic. I'm I'm excited about taking him in some, some Dol Gold or themed lists. Yeah, he's going to be fun. And he also has this really cool, neat little special where he has to uh, add plus one to his rolls to wound against uh, models carrying the three Elven rings, which is yes. Galadriel, Elrond, and Gandalf. Yeah, so he's very scenario-specific, but also quite good. I like this. This is where we're talking about profiles written for scenarios. Yeah. This one clearly was. It's The model's actually called the Keeper of the Dungeons. So he doesn't even have a name. Might be Bog. But I, I'm so glad this model, because this is one of the first ones I painted yeah. from the Hobbit range. I really do like the model, and I like that he's unique now. He's not just a general or just a, a captain. He's got his own profile. I wonder if he's going to get his third reboxing with a different name. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe someone's going to try and we sell the original one called Bog on the internet as a misprint for like $1,000 or something ridiculous. Who knows? The only other change I could, I noticed with the profiles is Galadriel got a slap on the wrist. She's now 130 instead of 125. Oh, no. Oh, well. She's still good. No, I have. I didn't notice any changes to the White Council. I must admit, I didn't use them a lot, so I can't really spot them. Unlike Lake Town, where I use them quite a bit, I still can't <laughs> remember their points. I, I think I can't. Oh, I think this is going to be one of the early scenarios we play because we can definitely proxy the, the Nazgul initially with our old Nazgul. I've got yeah. the Keeper of the Dungeons. The terrain looks very simple to do in this one, and I've got all the got all the. Just have to paint up my Gladrill, I think, and and maybe the Sauron. Although I've got those models in different ranges, I'm excited about this one. I think it gives that, that White Council box set a scenario of their own. 
Like it, it really, really does. It really does. And I'm lo- very much looking forward to seeing the new Nail School come out in their own little mini box set with the new uh, Necromancer. Oh, I'm not going to have any money after this. <laughs> I'm not going to have any money. I'm going to have to mortgage my house that I just bought. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, well. Well, look, that's a good time to to finish up this part of the episode. This is going to be our part one. Uh, this just this book is just too big for us to put into one one big episode. So we will come out with the We're other. Only episode. a third of the way through it. Yeah, no, it might be a three part. It might be a four part. Who knows how many parts it is at this point? But this is definitely part one. Thank you for listening. We hope you're excited about the book as much as we are. If that was the book, if that was the whole book, I'd as, be happy as as the old supplement price ones. I'd be over the moon. Like it, it, amazing, so much new stuff. And there's more. And there's the layout so more. is so beautifully done oh, it's, too. It's, it's, it's is so book. well written, so well laid out. I take my hat off to you, Trick. This is a really well done book. What I like about it is that it doesn't have the painting guides and the terrain guides and things in this book. This it's book all content. Is, it's all gaming content. And it's it's the majority of its scenarios and the profiles. But there's, this, there's enough profiles to keep the people who just use the profiles happy. And I just, I, I think that's how the book should be written. It, it's it's jam full of content. It's actually a little bit skinnier than I thought it was initially. I had a look at it and I was imagining the rule book size. But then when I saw how much content they've packed into this, there's really no filler. It's so good. Mm. Like even the, the fillers are story pages and they look good and they're pretty. So if that was just the book, you'd be happy. Obviously, we're over the moon about this book. We will show talk about some of the criticisms in the next episode, I guess. But... It's a first impression. So at the moment, we've just got absolute rose-colored glasses on. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.